Hey everyone, thank you for joining us this week on our podcast. Um, I want to go ahead and dive into something that I wrote about a few years ago, uh, back when Shelby and I were actually blogging for a site called Timothy Generation. It's actually where we met. Um, I was I was the managing editor for the site, and Shelby was uh, brought on as one of the writers. And right around Christmas time, there was there was something happening that's kind of similar to some of the stuff that we still see happening today uh, in the church. And so I, I want to go ahead and talk about the topic of keeping the Christ in Christmas. And so so in the church, a lot of times we hear people go and they say things like, we need to keep the Christ in Christmas. We need to say Merry Christmas again. We need to go and, and do all of these, these different things. We need to go and I'm tired of hearing these shopkeepers say, Happy Holidays, it's Merry Christmas. Well, you, you know, number one, um, I, I think it's important to note that <clears throat> that there's a lot of holidays that happen during the season. There's there's uh, you know Hanukkah. There's um, Kwanzaa. There, there's all sorts of different things that are are occurring during this time. So to say Happy Holidays does not disclude Christmas. But more importantly than that, I, I think the focus on the the idea that we need to say Merry Christmas, that we need to get the world to say Merry Christmas, is simply a focus on externalism. All we're attempting to do is manage someone else's behavior. And that's not the pattern of the gospel at all. Uh, you, you see all throughout the, the New Testament, Jesus went and he would correct the behavior of the Pharisees. When people were brought to him in sin, he would show them grace and show them he would lead them to truth. Like the woman caught uh, the woman caught in the act of adultery, she was there and Jesus went and he, he told the Pharisees, all right, you who are without sin, you cast the first stone. And then when none of them could, Jesus said, where did your accusers go? I, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. Once grace was extended, Jesus was able to then correct behavior. But before, but in the church nowadays, what we try to do is we try to flip that process on its head. We try to say we need to change behavior and then maybe we'll extend grace later on. And, and that's not the way that this is supposed to work. You, you see the pattern uh, we talked about a few weeks ago. The pattern is belong believe, behave. And, you, you know, there's there's this whole thing that the, the world lives differently than the church lives. The world lives different. The church should be living different. And Paul, in all of his letters um, throughout, throughout the New Testament, in all of his letters, I don't see Paul once railing against the Greeks or the Romans or, or their behavior. And, you know, there, there's this passage where he talks in Romans 1 about uh, you know, sin and how people have exchanged the, the natural use and worship the, the creation rather than the creator. But he's not going and decrying behaviors and morals and things like that. And we, we know through history that the Greek and Roman worlds were, they were in a state of what we in the modern church would call moral decay. That they were, I mean, you know, sexuality was, was rampant. People were running and sleeping around and they had temple orgies and all sorts of different things like that. But Paul didn't go to correct their behavior. The, the only behavior we see Paul correcting is the church's behavior. And let's go ahead and take a look here at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. And Paul's going and talking to them and he's saying, When I came to you guys... Uh, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. And um, he said, I fed you with milk, verse 2, not solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there's envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Now, 
Uh, we, we could also say unregenerate man, unsaved men. Are you not acting just like the world when you're envying and full of strife and there's divisions among you? Are you acting just like the people in the world? So, so Paul isn't going and dealing with the world and saying you need to change your behavior. He's telling the church when you act like the world, there's no difference between you and the world. And it's not about saying we can't go see this movie, we can't go do that, we can't uh, you know, do any of these different things. He's saying, no, you're not walking in love towards your neighbor. And when you do that, you're behaving just like unsaved people. And a few, a few pages over in chapter uh, 5 of 1 Corinthians, Paul writes here and is even calling out further behavior in the church. In, notice, he, he specifically is calling out sexual immorality. Um, he, he's calling it out, and he, he says that there's a, a man who's sleeping with his mother-in-law, or his stepmother, and he says that that's worse than even, even most of the world is doing. And, and a few verses down, he says, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, so that his spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. But notice that, he's not going and addressing the world's behaviors. Paul, Paul didn't go and address the way that the Greeks and the Romans acted and the way that they behaved. He addressed the church. And so the church, with its focus on externalism and we've got to say the right things and do the right things, and this is really religion that's that's been uh, creeping in for, for a long time. It's been here for years. And, and this, this religious spirit that goes and tells us that you've got to act a certain way, you've got to look a certain way, you've got to do a certain thing, all that religious uh, atmosphere does is it drives people away from the message of Jesus. And so, you, you know, we, we said um, the pattern, remember, belong, believe, behave. And, and so our first job as Christians shouldn't be to get people to say Merry Christmas. And even though it's it's wonderful and it's great to hear it and we celebrate this Christmas as as, you know, truly the most wonderful time of the year, and it is, it really is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, but at the same time, we need to make sure that we're not focused on, we just need to get people to say Merry Christmas. If you're going to say Merry Christmas, then you're all right in my book. And I'm not concerned with your eternal soul, just as long as you say Merry Christmas. And that's the impression we've given. We, we've, we've gotten engaged in these, these culture wars to the point that, um, you know, it's us versus them and we're against all these, all these different groups in society. And the the truth of the matter is our focus shouldn't be against anybody. Our focus should be on how can we best love people? How can we best love people? Because remember, Paul is, he's not writing, he's not correcting the Gentiles' behavior. He's correcting the church's behavior. He's not correcting the Gentiles' behavior because he knows they are not going to be acting right until they are believing right. And so his concern is the behavior of those who are believing right when he goes and, and corrects these different things that need to be correct. But Paul went and Paul would preach the gospel to people. He would tell people that you need to, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he went to Athens and he, he debated with them about their, their statue to the unknown God. And He's not sitting there correcting their behavior. He's trying to get them to believe and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is and what he has done for all of humanity on the cross. And that needs to be our focus this Christmas season. Be because the battle isn't to keep Christ in Christmas. When, when we focus on that, as we said before, it's, it's, um, 
an exaggerated emphasis. It's a focus on externalism, an exaggerated emphasis on outward performance. Uh, we're, we're focusing on the product and not what produces the product. We could say it this way. The focus is on the fruit and not the root which produces the fruit. And, and so let's go ahead and take a look at what Jesus said here in, uh, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, out of whatever is filled in your heart uh, that's, that's deep inside your heart and overflowing in there, whatever's in your heart, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. Whatever's in your heart's coming out of your mouth. So if people aren't, if, or if people don't have Jesus in their hearts, if they don't have that love for Jesus and who he is, then why would those words, Merry Christmas, where we celebrate the birth of the Christ, come out of their mouth? That is the way that this whole picture works. Remember, we've got to get the root right and then the fruit follows. We need to focus on the heart and the, the heart change and what needs to occur there rather than focusing on we need to change the, the fruit. We, we don't need to focus on those external factors, those, those different pieces. What we need to focus on is loving God, loving people, bringing them to the great commission, fulfilling it there, and, and uh, you know, baptizing people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, Jesus said in Mark 16. Um, you, you know, we need to focus on those things, and we need to focus on getting them plugged into a church and getting them in a place where they're going to belong, in a place where they are going to see the true goodness of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done for them. And this Christmas season, don't don't waste it on a, a battle to keep the Christ in Christmas. No, people, this time of year, um, people are the most receptive to the gospel because it, it, it's all in our, in our thoughts. Even in, in the, the non-Christian world, um, there's still, you know, people will still do nativity scenes even if they don't go to church. People will still, different people will still think about the, the, the Christ child, Jesus, born as a baby in the manger. They'll, they'll still see different things all throughout their day. That is the perfect opportunity while they're thinking about it, while they're receptive to this message that's being pushed and, and proclaimed around them, it's the perfect opportunity to go and show them the love of Jesus and change their hearts and really change who they are. Because if we can change their hearts, if we can change their spirit, man, then we can change their actions later on. And the, the focus, and I want to leave you with this thought, the focus can't be on getting people to say Merry Christmas because all that'll do is change the outside. It, it's going to change the shell. If I, if I had a house and, you know, I, I'm trying to sell my house and the house is in complete disrepair on the inside, um, you know, it needs, to, it needs to be gutted, new walls, new, uh, new wiring, new all those, those things. And the outside's a wreck too. Um, but I go and I, I put a, a new coat of paint on the outside or I go and I, I put some new, new vinyl siding out on the outside. Well, that's great. It needed to be done, but that does nothing to address the actual structure of the house, the interior of the house, the, the part of the house where the people actually live, where people actually reside, because that's the part of the house that's most important. And if you've got the inside set right, 
you can take care of the outside real easy. But you can set the outside right and have the inside be falling apart. And what, what's more important to God, remember we, we see uh, all throughout the Bible that, uh, or actually Samuel, uh, that's the verse I'm thinking of. Uh, Samuel, he went, and when he went to go crown the king of Israel, he saw all of Jesse's sons, and he went through all of David's older brothers, and he said, surely, this guy this guy looks good. He's a handsome dude. He's tall. He's strong. He's muscular. He's got a nice full beard, a nice head of hair. This guy's the king. And God said, no, it's not him. And, and so on and so forth throughout the line. And finally, He'd gone through all of Jesse's sons, and God said, nope, that's not him. No, that's not him either. Nope, not him. Not him. And finally, he asked Jesse, Jesse, is there, do you have any other sons? Because I know God told me to go here. Do you have any other sons? And Jesse said, yeah, well, uh, there's my son David. He's a, he's a shepherd. Um, and we didn't really invite him in because, you know, he, he's, he smells like sheep. He's, uh, you know, a musician. He's... He's a little out there. He's, he's a teenager, you know. You don't need him to be king, um, is, is what Jesse's thinking. But Jesse calls in David, and Samuel goes, and God says, that's him. That's my king. And what did he tell Samuel? He said, for man looks at outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And that's what Jesus is focused on. Jesus wants to look at your heart. And once the heart's changed, the outward appearance will follow. Once people begin to believe in who Jesus is, then Merry Christmas will flow out from them. Well, thank you again for joining us. I um, want to encourage you to go ahead and check out our website, bygraceinternational.com. You can sign up for our mailing list. I want to send you a free download if you do. It's called um, Faith is Not a Formula. It's a message I preached a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, rather, and uh, it's a powerful message. It's it's about how we need to believe God based on what he's told us, based on how he's instructed us, not based on some formula we've constructed and this is what worked last time. And so I want to encourage you to go and sign up for our mailing list. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at ByGraceIntl, ByGrace International on all the social media. Thank you very much and have a Merry Christmas.